few days ago, I was scrolling through social media mindlessly, as one does, and I was on Instagram at that particular time looking at, you know, random videos that come up. And one of the videos that came up was the retirement party for Lieutenant Adrian Walsh. She was the squad officer for Rescue One in FDNY. All right, so firefighters retire all the time. Fire officers retire all the time. People retire from FDNY, Chicago, whatever, no big deal. Except that, of course, as I was watching this video, they have a little bit of text that's scrolling up underneath the, the video that's unfolding. And starting to, through this text, you're starting to see all of these firsts for Lieutenant Adrian Walsh. She had served at 9-11. The ladder that she was assigned to at that time had responded to the towers before they even collapsed. She was assigned down there for months on end. She was the first woman to be assigned to a squad unit. She was the first woman to be given a rank of officer in a squad unit. She was then made officer lieutenant of the entire company of Rescue One. That means nothing to you. If you lived in a larger city like Chicago, LA, Atlanta, wherever, firefighters are broken up into different groups. Some are responsible for what are called engines. Those are the, the hoses in the water. There are those who are assigned to towers or ladders. Those are the photogenic pieces of equipment that go up in the air and look really cool. They're always in pictures. And then you have squad units. You don't get to be part of a squad unit, you have to apply and you have to be invited on. Squad units are highly technical, highly skilled groups. These are men and women who are trained to climb really high on ropes and they're uh, trained to work in collapsed buildings. They are trained to, when boats you know, collapse or sink, when people are drowning, they are the dive crew that goes underwater to get those people. They are highly technical, highly skilled, highly capable, which means Lieutenant Adrian Walsh, who just retired this week from FDNY as a lieutenant in Rescue One, was incredibly, incredibly skilled. Oh, by the way, she was also in the reserves for the Coast Guard. She was one of their divers as well. So a pretty amazing woman. Beyond that, she was also the first to be on a squad unit, which was always been men before her. She was the first woman to be given a rank of officer, which had always been, of course, men before that. And then she was responsible for Rescue One, which if you think about a, a pyramid scheme, she's at the very top. Rescue One sets the stage for all the others. She's an amazing firefighter. She deserves every ribbon, every award, every accolade that she's ever been given throughout her career. And at the same time, it is worth noting that in FDNY, there are 10,951 uniformed firefighters. Of that group, there are 134 women. Of that group, there are seven women officers. So as much as she has accomplished a lot and, and accumulated a lot and done incredible work for the city of New York, at the same time, she is something of an outsider. She and I, of course, you go into those rabbit holes, right, when you're in social media. I started going into rabbit holes, and I found an interview that she gave where she talked about joining the fire department because she had seen the first wave of women being allowed into the fire academy, and that was in the 80s. She was inspired by them to join the fire service in the 90s. So as much as she's done some amazing things, and we, sh we should be celebrating every amazing thing that she's done, at the same time, it is worth acknowledging that she has set the stage and she has transformed the way FDNI works because she's something of an outsider. 
we have these two gospels that we read for today. We have the processional gospel of Matthew where all the people are excited because Jesus has arrived. We keep hearing about this Jesus guy with his beautiful hair and beautiful teeth and, and Birkenstocks, and he's been roaming around the country doing really cool things. He's healing the sick, casting out demons, you know, being Jesus. But for the most part, he's always at a distance. Maybe even for you, Jesus always seems like he's kind of at a distance. A really great person to hear about, does some really amazing things, but is always... 10 people away, always just a little bit out of reach. The Gospel of John describes Jesus as the Word of God, so Jesus has been there since the beginning of the cosmos itself. So this cosmic creator of life, this person who can bring forth life out of death, this person who can heal the sick and cast out demons, this person who we hear about only on stories and sermons and pictures, this Jesus has arrived. Maybe that's why the people are so excited. This Jesus who they've been hearing about, they've been hearing whispers of, maybe they saw him, but they were 10 people deep. Now he has come to their city. And so we celebrate because Jesus has arrived here. He's in our house. He's in our lives. He's entered into our community. He's entered into our school district, into our county. Jesus is here. So we join the great procession that is thousands of years long. It's almost like a, a river of life flowing through our lives and through our community. We join and we jump in gleefully because everything we've heard is now a part of our lives. And in our gospel from John, so we shift from Matthew to John. John has a processional gospel too, but we don't need to read it twice. Right after the procession, Jesus arrives in Jerusalem. The celebrations have dimmed down just a little bit. Jesus is hanging out at the temple with his disciples, with his group. And along come some Greeks. Which isn't a very helpful way to describe them, because that just means that they're from Greece. And okay, that doesn't mean a whole lot. The Passover event was always international. People came from Europe, people came from Asia, people came from Northern Africa, Southern Africa, the, truly the whole world. Every year, people would come to gather the temple to be as close to God as we could get because we would celebrate the Passover event. Passover is a celebration of liberation. It's a celebration of freedom. It is a celebration of life that God gives to creation. So these Greeks would have been part of that already. Maybe another way to describe the Greeks is we could call them the neighbors. Or maybe a better way to describe them still is we could call them the outsiders. In the Gospel of John in particular, there is a little bit of an inside-outside flavor to how people are described. Those who are born of the flesh, those who are born of the spirit, those who walk in light, those who walk in the dark, those who believe, those who don't believe, those who are in, those who are out. And up to this point, Jesus has been hanging out with a pretty tight-knit group of people. And John, as he describes Jesus moving in the world, even though Jesus encounters a lot of different people, there is this air of those who are with Jesus and those who are against. And along come a group of Greeks, or we call them the neighbors, or we call them the outsiders. And they've got word of Jesus. They probably saw the procession. Maybe they grabbed some palm branches themselves, but now... They want to see Jesus. So they go to Philip and Andrew. By the way, fun fact, Philip and Andrew, some of the first two disciples who were encountered by Christ back in chapter 1 in the Gospel of John. So this is a little bit of a callback. This is a little bit of a, a circling around. They were some of the first disciples, and now we have some of the first outsiders who are coming to be in the presence of Christ. 
This gospel offers us an opportunity this morning as we are in our celebration, as we are giving thanks, as we are part of the endless procession to the cross. It gives us an opportunity to think about who is outside. Now I know we do not have people banging down our doors to come into this space this morning, even though we broke the doors open and we were outside. We don't have people who are just showing up to be part of this procession, to be part of this celebration. So maybe the question should be, why not? Why aren't more of our neighbors gathering with us and banging down our door? Why is it the words that we use in this space of, of grace, peace, redemption, resurrection, justice, compassion, new life, whatever your favorite words are that we bounce around these walls week after week and we sing them out loud week after week. Why aren't these words being received by our neighbors? So who is in? Who is out? Every community, every group has those who are on the inside and those who are left out. We all have coworkers, classmates, colleagues. We all have people in our lives. We quite literally have people outside these walls, up and down these streets. We know, because it is part of our life, we know God's people are longing for a word of compassion. We know that our neighbors, our coworkers, our classmates are longing for a word of, of hope, of redemption, forgiveness, starting over, acceptance, affirmation, embrace. Because those are the words we're looking for. Those are the words that draw us in week after week as we gather in this space. It's why we become part of the procession on this particular day because we are giving thanks. All those words that we hear, they're part of our lives and so we want to dance. We want to celebrate. We want to move from one end of our lives to another to make it to the foot of the cross. Our gospels for today are meant to be celebration. Because God's kingdom is breaking open into the world. And at the same time, maybe following the example of Philip and Andrew, it is an opportunity for us to imagine again who is still outside. Who is beyond our reach? Who is beyond our walls, beyond our doors, just outside, ten people deep, hearing about Jesus, knowing a little bit about Jesus, but not quite sure that that story is actually for them. So Jesus gathers us into the space and we give thanks and we celebrate and we share in this meal and we wash ourselves in these waters. We celebrate because Christ has entered our lives. Jesus has walked right in and claimed us and loves us, redeems us, and grants us new life. And this good news, this grace that we give thanks for is not for us, it is for all of creation. Maybe it's Philip and Andrew in this particular story that can be for us a bit of a guide, a bit of a glimpse, a wonder of what it could mean for us to wander beyond this space, sharing this story, taking our neighbors, the outsiders, the Greeks in our lives, taking our people straight to Jesus. Because we have stories to tell. You have a story to tell. You have good news in your minds. You have a word of grace. You have a word of forgiveness. You have seen firsthand what God can do in your life. One of the cool features of this Gospel of John is that when Jesus sees the Greeks, 
the neighbors, the outsiders. Jesus transitions the entire kingdom of God. The entire gospel of John shifts focus in that moment and Jesus declares the hour has come. Then Jesus makes a comment to God and God responds back by saying, I will glorify you and, or I have glorified you and I will glorify you again. The only time that God speaks out loud in the gospel of John, all of that because a group of neighbors, a group of outsiders have arrived in the presence of Christ. When we leave this space today, full of exuberance and joy, looking forward to how this week will unfold as we slow everything down, step by step, walking with Jesus from where we are to the cross, to the empty tomb. As we are walking and taking those slow steps this week, full of anticipation, we have an opportunity, like Philip and Andrew, to take our neighbors to Jesus, to speak a word of grace to reveal again a glimpse, a hint of the forgiveness that we know, knowing that it is not just for us, but it is for all of creation. And following Jesus, bearing witness to the kingdom of God, unfolding in the face of a stranger, a neighbor, an outsider, our friend, our coworker, our classmate, so that our vision of God can continue to break open wide and we can continue to share this story with those who we encounter. Amen.